welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. In for a real treat this morning, we have John Peterson with us. Many of you will uh, know John, remember uh, from the times where he's come and he's been with us previously. He is... Uh, an extraordinary man, really. I've had the privilege of getting to know him a little bit better and spending time with him, and I'm just so thankful for the wisdom and the insight that he has uh, shared with me, helped me sort of work through uh, questions that I had, even when I was thinking about moving here, actually. it was I remember sitting in South Kensington with John and just him asking some really great questions and really helped me think th- those things through. If you've read Dirty Glory, you will also be familiar with John because he is one of the people whose story kind of tracks through the whole book. Uh, He has been a missionary, he's been a pastor, he's worked in the Amsterdam Red Light District, and uh, he's the CEO and the founder of City Force. And City Force is this amazing uh, organization that looks to partner businesses with churches to rediscover hope for cities. Uh, He's a great friend of this church, and I'd love you to give him a really warm welcome as he comes to speak to us this morning. Good morning. These little girls just broke my heart. I love these. I don't want to take them home. I've got eight granddaughters in a row. And then we had a little caboose named Isaac. He came later. The look on Pete's face when his daughter looked at him was just to be captured, the love of a father. I'm a little tired. (laughs) We were in Belfast together. What a fantastic time we had. Uh, Then we came and spent some time with James and Julia Thomas and their ministry, Justice and Care in London. Then my partner and I, Ken Yankee, uh, wound our way over to Chelmsford, and we had a two-day conference for uh, church and business leaders called City Vision. And uh, Friday was an educational day for me. I've never been inside a, a city council building um, we met the mayor, he had his chains on, you know, and he had the Queen's Mace there. I mean, this, this was British indoctrination. <laughs> and it was fantastic. What a beautiful man, loved the city, and actually was, they were, some of them were enough believing in God that they were calling on God for help. How cool is that? And we had a marvelous time. We prayed for them. We asked them how we, as the church of Jesus, could serve them in their city, um, And I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning. I want to talk to you about how to live in the world that we live in as slightly confused about what to do. How are you guys feeling? How do you like my president? How did you like Obama? See? This is what the church did in the United States. It split between the two. What about Boris Johnson? And do you miss Theresa May? Do you wish? You, are we okay so far? <laughs> All right. What do we do as believers when the politics and the world around us is going bonkers? 
I mean, it's insane right now. There is an insanity being released that's creating trouble in people's hearts. They're, they're afraid. If you ask most folks, especially younger folks, what is your view of the future? They will, they will just say, I asked a, a crowd of millennials recently, how many of you are afraid of your future? 90% of them raise their hands. We don't get to have fear, do we? Do we get to do that? We don't, ha- we don't get to do fear. We have such a, a phenomenal replacement for fear. It's called love. Love sees through kingdom eyes, and it sees a king sitting on a throne. One of my favorite scriptures is that the kingdoms of this world have now become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. Kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. Jesus is ruling now. He will literally rule his earth and win back all of creation to its intended purpose. It's hard, boy, it's hard to keep that in mind when you're wading through the weeds of all this media, all the diabolical stuff going on, the wars and rumors of wars, the vitriol in the political scene, and I'm watching the church take sides. And it's the worst thing we can do. A a city divided, a people divided, a family divided cannot stand. We are the instrument of God in culture to be salt and light. And if we're divided amongst ourselves around political issues, and we're going to, I want to unpack this a little bit. Is that all right with you? Gets a little thorny. Give me a little grace. I'm still in process. I'm still working this out. But I run into this in every city and every town that I go to. And I think God's got some answers for us. Okay? Buckle up. We're going to go fast. All right, first slide. You know this scripture in uh, Jeremiah 29, that we are to seek the welfare of the city, for in its welfare we will find our welfare. This, this t- text was written during a time of captivity. And I think it's fair to say that the church today, like Israel then, was in captivity. One thing I love about this nation is you guys are socially engaged for the most part. I love that. We need to be. We're called to be. It's more than just a good idea. It's actually a biblical mandate. That when you get to your city and you're in captivity and the bad guys are all around you, love on them. Plant gardens. Have kids. Uh, Get innovative. Do stuff that shows that your eyes are not in the past. They're on the future and the present. See, all they could think about, all the prophets, slightly false prophets were saying, um, we're, we're in captivity, but we're going back to us. I'm going back to us. I'm going back to us. That's like the church saying, we're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. We're not there yet. We're here. And God is saying to his church, seek the welfare of the city. Seek the welfare of your job place. Seek the welfare of your neighborhood. Seek the welfare of the places geographically that I bring you and the precious people that are there. Okay, next slide. This is such a beautiful scripture. It came after chapters one and two where Paul's talking about all the blessings we have in Christ. He's talking about the incredible um, inheritance that we have. We've been chosen, we've been predestined, we've been loved, and he gave us an inheritance. He put us in his will. He got the Holy Spirit as a notary public, and he stamped it, and he says, a sealed deal, you're my kids. Oh, 
the love of the Father for his church. And then he goes and he says, but God and man had a problem. Jesus came and God lavished his love on us that we might be saved through the grace of the living God. Then he says, now man and man had a problem. The problem with men and human beings was they didn't like each other very much. And the Bible calls it in chapter 2 the spirit of enmity or warfare. Without Jesus, there is a spirit of warfare released on the earth. It came from our Adamic roots, and Jesus has died to eradicate the power of those roots, bring us into becoming a new race, a holy nation, a people of God's own choosing. You are more kingdom believer than you are Brit. You okay with that? I hope so, because that means you can't compare anymore. That means that when we look at Revelation 12 and we see that under the throne of God is every nation, every tribe, every tongue, we're part of the one family that's been redeemed from all the nations of the earth. We have a unique position in culture is that we don't have to live under the spirit of enmity. Warfare. Between male and female, hallelujah. Between Jew and Gentile, praise God. Rich and poor, Woo, rich are getting demonized these days. God never condemns wealth. He only says, make sure that you give it to me so that I can give it back to you. Rich young ruler, right? Man, I wish he just laid it all down and given it up because he didn't know that he would have 30, 60, 100 full back. The only person that has the power to redistribute wealth is the Holy Spirit. It happened in Acts chapter 2, 3 and 4. And there was no one amongst them that was poor. The justice of God doesn't come at the expense of people who are able to meet that need. Now, in the world, it does. I agree. Politically speaking, it does. In the kingdom, in the family of God, there are those that have more than others. It's the way it's going to be. Because God has raised up some to help to take care of others. And we're going to look at benefaction and how that works. But it's very different in the kingdom than it is in the culture. Very different. You with me so far? All right. Just checking. That through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to rulers and authorities. How was Caesar supposed to understand the ways of God unless it was demonstrated by the, by the church? God broke the power of sin over us. God broke the spirit of warfare amongst us. He then says, I'm building you in a, into a dwelling place, a temple, a dwelling place of God in the spirit. And then he switches to chapter 3 and he says, now that we got the temple built, now that we got the people in place and you are the building stones, he said, now what we're doing is really cool. We're going to stick you out there in Ephesus, right underneath the temple of Diana and say, no temple is higher than the temple of the living God. And God is going to demonstrate his amazing kindness to all of creation through you, the church. So it's important the church doesn't come under the power of the culture, but influence it. Next, next slide. Okay, bear with me here. This gets a little academic. You're okay. You're very intelligent people. So there's a whole body of scriptures called the Politeia Scriptures. The politeia was just simply um, the concept of public life of one that yields influence by virtue of a life well lived in the public forum, a life marked by good works. Okay, so the Greek, Greco-Roman world, 
just believe that you existed to bring goodness to your culture. That's what they believed. Well, pretty cool. That's great. Of course, everyone's definition of what's good was different. Um, and they had a, what was called the Greek code. It was, we want an ideal city, we want an ideal family, and we want ideal public life. We want everyone engaged in public life. Now, what's interesting is this. They had a benefactor system where the church was birthed into this Roman benefactor system that had very wealthy people who took care of people underneath them as long as those people voted for them in the Senate. So it was kind of a, I'll help you, you help me. But it became very combative. So you had all these different benefactors. You had all these different political and social leaders with people working and living underneath them and being cared for. And there was literally riots that broke out between them and fighting. Paul comes along and he says, I believe in the benefactor system. It's just going to look a little different. You remember the crisis in the Corinthian church? Remember when they were saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Paulus, I'm of this, I'm of that. And Paul said, these divisions should not be amongst you. And because you are dividing yourselves, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual for carnal, for there are yet divisions amongst you. If we're lining up around political leaders and not around the person of Jesus, we're bringing dissension into the church. And when that dissension comes into the church, we cannot hear the Holy Spirit in the correct way, and we cannot be salt and light to the culture. You've just become part of the culture. We're in it, but not of it. And so this beautiful text, God is giving us these texts, the Politeia texts, are giving us some instructions on how to navigate as believers with a heavenly citizenship in the terms of our cultures with earthly citizenship. So Paul hijacks, I keep kicking my little cute thing. I'm indebted to Sue Leach. I've been struggling with a cold and this is coconut oil, garlic, lemon. What else is in here, Sue? Oh yeah, the all important ingredient. Have you ever had this? It's crazy good. I'm gonna market this, I think. Support my missionary habit. Next slide. So Paul is saying, look, we got a benefactor system too. The benefactor in this case is the whole church. Who line up under Jjesus, he takes care of us. We carry, and we vote for him as our king. And we carry out his purposes on the earth. In seeking the welfare of the city, it's very fascinating. It was always considered to be both spiritual and a physical activity. How many of you know your jobs are sacred? You don't sound real convinced. God's placed you in your job, whether you like it or not, that is, whether you like your job or not, God has placed you there, and I recommend that you learn to love it as God's assignment. It's sacred. You get to pray for people who don't know Jesus. You get to do acts of kindness to people that need it desperately. People are going through job, job issues. They're going through divorce. They're going through trouble with their kids. We get to be the benefactor community to those that God has placed in front of us. The way that we treat our neighbors, the way that we treat the woman at the, at the grocery store, whatever it is, we carry with us the benevolence of a, a fantastically good God. 
in everything that we do. Wealthy Christians were members of a, of a city linked into civic manufacturing convention. They actually got together, believers, to discuss how they were going to bless the city. They protected granaries. They built granaries. They got involved in road uh, construction. On and on it goes. And the rationale behind this was pretty cool. It came from the idea that we were to be like Jesus and we were to do like Jesus. Be and do. We are to be like Jesus in terms of being the community that loves each other. And out of it then we were to get his instructions for how we were to love the culture around us. Let's look at the dual citizenship slide. Look at this scripture. This is really cool. Philippians 1.27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in culture in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then when I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel in the city. How many of you read that verse before, right? How many of you know that the word conduct is actually the word for citizenship? Act like a citizen of heaven through your citizenship on earth and the rationale for it is this is what the gospel is. The gospel is the gospel of salvation and it is the gospel of good works. Now the church historically split those two and created whole denominations and God's bringing that back together, right? We need souls saved. We need all of creation saved and we need people being ministered to who probably... Whether they deserve it or not, God is good. He reigns on the just and the unjust. He's just good. Okay, keep, let's keep going. You okay so far? No heresies yet? Go ahead. There is good. There is. Very interesting. This little word in John, or in Acts 10.38 this description of Jesus, as far as I can tell, is only used one time. And it's summarizing, Luke is summarizing his, his ministry. This is during the stoning of Stephen. So Stephen's explaining himself to the people that were about to stone him to death. And he says, Jesus, the anointed one, went about doing good. And the word good for Jesus there is not used of him that I can find in any other place. And it's the word philanthropic. Jesus was a philanthropist. How many of you have ever seen Jesus as a philanthropist? He's a good guy. He did great stuff. He's the son of God. He's the king of the universe. That part we know. He's a philanthropist. He just went around bettering everything that he touched. Sick bodies, widowed women, uh, punched a few Pharisees in this proverbial nose. I mean, fantastic. He went about doing it. Now, this is the crux of it. This is what I want you to catch here. There are two other words for good in Scripture. The word agathos is a simple word that just means, let me just make your life better. Let me just improve your plight. Anybody and everybody can be this way. It comes out of our natural created state. You got people of all stripes. You got Bill Gates, a very wealthy man. Of course, I can do agathos. You got just beautiful little neighbors that are being. Uh, performing agathos to their neighbors. In the retirement home, you can do agathos. 
For the, uh, for the retirement home, you can do agathos. Agathos is just basic benevolence. Kalos, on the other hand, is quite different. Kalos is intrinsic goodness and harkens back to the creation when God looked at what he had done and said it is good. It's the goodness that comes from the Lord. Here's an here's amazing thing. Everybody has a dream. Some, some of us lost our dream or it's been discouraged, but everybody has a dream. Governments have dreams, you know that? If you go to a mayor or a governor or a president and you ask them, what is your dream? They will tell you. For some, it's eradication of poverty. For some, it's safety and security for their citizens. It's just all manner of things, all good things. It's all agathos. It's good. God has a dream, which is a superior dream, is that all of his creation would be restored back to him. He's fulfilled his dream in his son, Jesus, and he's asking, he asked his son, he sent him into the world to get his creation back. The church has a dream. The church has a dream to be God's instrument. Now, when I say church, there's a lot of definitions of church, and I won't go into them all. Some of the church just wants to sustain itself. Right? All the arrows go in. Go to church, be, you know, go to church, do church things, attend, um, get involved in that activity. The church never existed to sustain itself. Never was created to be its own thing. And to get the poor lost blokes out there into the church. Never what God intended. The church was the ambassadorial core, inspired and infused with the Holy Spirit, with hair on fire for Jesus, operating not as slaves and orphans, but as sons of the living God, and deployed into culture to win the whole creation of groans waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. What a high calling we have, you guys. This isn't religious. This is a spiritual mandate, and it's a lot more fun. Right? How fun is religion? I, just, I look at these guys that, you know, with all their stuff on and, in certain religions, you know, and I think they're sincere seekers for truth. They are. God bless them. It's just not fun. My wife believes that the operative word in the kingdom of God is fun. Oh, got a, we have a witness. <laughs> she comes back out of something. She says, that wasn't very much fun. Goes to church service. That wasn't very much fun. Or she's like, wow, that was really fun. That was, let's do that again. My wife's a Disney freak. She was given a pass for unlimited entry for one year. No, it's an attack of the devil in my life. <laughs> Can we go such and such next weekend to do, oh, no, I'm going to Disneyland. No, I've been hearing this for 47 years. I love that about her. That joy and the fun of all that's in our creation. God's given us all things to richly enjoy. Amen? Get over yourselves, people. Yeah. Let's look at the first Peter 2 scripture. I'm going to do one more and then we'll be done. What a verse or verses this is. Remember, the context here is Caesar. The context is a wicked leader that believed that he should be worshipped and took... The, made, uh, he, 
He thought it was his right to kill people who disagreed with him or challenged his empire. And the Christians were on his target list, top of the list. Now look how Peter talks about this. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world. How many of you know you're an alien? Oh, I'm an alien. We're resident aliens. We reside, but we don't belong totally, right? We're pilgrims. We're passing through. I pray God births that in your spirit. Because if you get too rooted to the world, you'll be no heavenly good. Seriously. This is a journey God has to take each one of us into to rejoice that we're aliens. That means you don't get too connected to the news. You let it kind of, you, you're aware of it and you're concerned and you pray, but right? Live such good kalos, right? What's kalos? The intrinsic goodness that comes from the creator God among the pagans, this is King James, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your kalos and glorify the Father in heaven. Are we okay? To be kalos, we'll learn in a minute, has a different source than being agathos. You can do agathos anytime you want. You can't do kalos and there's a, unless a condition is fulfilled. And we'll go into that. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as a supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. God honors the office, but doesn't necessarily find himself excited about the person. Right? I mean, Caesar, really? But there was, there was an honor in the role because God has set up government. Not to rule, but to serve. Not to rule over in the sense of autocratic suppression. But there is misuse of power all the time. So God has raised up his people as the kingdom emissaries of a servant king to upend power structures. We get to walk into the presence of kings and governors. And we get to bring Kalos with us. Which is, I'll share with you a little bit more. I'm, I'm being a little mystical here. But I want to get to another scripture. And those who do right. Now he changes words. Do wrong and to commend those who do agathos, agathopios. For it is God's will that by doing good, and there's agathos again, being a better man, you should silence the ignorant of talking men. How many would love to silence some of your political leaders? How many of you are praying for your political leaders? Here's the challenge for the church right now. The church has lined up against by political position, if I can put it that way. I like this guy, I don't like that woman. I don't like this guy, that woman. And I find that our conversation is divisive. You can have any opinion you want. You're free to, really. As long as you don't believe the political system is the, is the delivery system for the kingdom of God. It's not. It can't, because it's all, it's all earth goodness. All the social justice stuff being done in the earth has a different spirit than what the church brings to the table. It's different. And I, I want to explain that just shortly as we wind into the next scripture. I love this next bottom verse. Look at this, verse 17. No, go back. Yeah, 
this bottom here. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. It's kind of a funny construction. I ask my American friends all the time, how much did you pray for Obama? How much did you believe that he was placed there by God? And if, you dis- if they disagreed with him politically, he didn't get 10 prayers. I asked the same thing of the same people about Trump. Oh, yeah, he's our man. He is our man. He's who God allowed to be in that place. We honor his office. For him personally, what did, what did Paul instruct us to do in 1 Timothy 1, uh, 2? It's a critical verse, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. I would that you pray for all, all men, first of all for those in authority, and then jump down. For God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to a knowledge of the truth. We're the salvation people. We're the goodness of God people. The reason we get so worked up is because we have an investment in earth's affairs that are separate from the kingdom affairs. We've invested, we somehow think there's, if we just had a different leader, then everything would be different. No, we have a fundamental issue, and is that human hearts need saving. Human hearts need a savior. He's a king. He's on the right hand of the Father. He's ruling the nations. He is not discouraged. He's not confused, and he's not given up. Praise God. I'd appreciate a little more British exuberance. Thank you very much. God, you guys, come. We're talking about Jesus here. Next verse, and we'll end on this one. Now, this is the letter to Titus. And he says this, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers. Subject. Honor, honor the role, the office. Honor it. Come under the laws. Except where they disagree with the law of God. Come under the laws. Be ready to do every good agathos. Okay? Hey, the ruler's got a dream. Go and help him. We just walked into the Chelmsford Chambers and we said, what's your dream? How can we help now there's people, there's an interface now between the church and business, Christian church and business leaders and the, and the mayor's office. I've got 52 pastoral friends in Colorado Springs, Colorado, that pray every week together. They've gone into the mayor's office and they said, what's your dream? How can we help? Out of it's come amazing. We're going after uh, homelessness. We're going after street people. Now, for him, we're doing agathos. For us, we've heard the Lord on what to do, and it becomes kalos. Agathos is just general goodness, and things like social justice have a very strong Marxist root. But So as believers, when we're using the term social justice, let's make sure we don't come under the spirit of social justice from a Marxist angle. We can use the language. In fact, let's win it back. And let's redefine it as hearing God to recover all of creation. Are you okay with that? It's kind of a sacred cow these days, the way we use this language. So then, I've skipped two verses for you because I didn't want to go into all this dirty, messy stuff. It was all the things that we've done without Jesus. We were like the world. We did it that way just like they did. And then verse 4, but after all of our disobedience and all of our rebellion... The kindness of God appeared. The love of God our Savior toward all men appeared. 
not by works. Oh, he just said, maintain good works. Now he's saying, but you're not saved by works. Do we agree with that? Praise God. Nothing you can do. It was a gift. You belittle the gift when you work for it. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost. This is critical. You don't get Holy Ghost with Agathos. You only get it with Kalos. Which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our sake. But being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's the gospel. The power of God through the Kalos is the gospel. It's the gospel for the brokenhearted. It's the gospel for those that are in sin and demonized. It's the gospel. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will, that you affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good Kalos. Serve the king and do agathos with the guy. Step down into your salvation, receive the renewing of the spirit, and listen to the king of heaven to dispense Kalos to the earth. These things are good, Kalos, and profitable unto men. And let ours also learn, let our people also learn to maintain good callous. So he's actually speaking to the leaders of the church. And then he says, also your people. Make sure that everybody is operating in this beautiful, creative goodness that comes from a father that made a dazzling creation for us with all of its beauty and all of its potential. He lost it in sin. He wants it back and we're the emissaries to get it. Amen? God is raising up a network of people who are called to be benefactors in the earth. There's large amounts of wealth being shifted right now around the world. And God is aligning his church to be unified in the city. Not to build the church, but to extend the kingdom. To be the church, but don't put all of our energy into this institutional thing we call the church. Some of you in this room are called to that. And I, I just want to ask you this one question. Have you crossed the line and spoken about political leaders in excess or in comparison to the prayers that you pray for them? Has political speech taken over heavenly prayer? You know, if you feel like the Lord has spoken to you about that, I feel as a family we need to deal with that together. I just ask you to stand and say, I've talked too much. I'm too worked up over all this. I just ask you seriously, just to stand and say, in front of the presence of the Lord, this isn't for me. Just say, teach him to get kingdom eyeballs to see leaders from your perspective. No matter how much I hate or don't like them as people and the stupid stuff they do, just give me your eyes and let me be a carrier of your kingdom love. Please, just stand if you feel like that's you. Thank you, Lord, for your cool people this morning. Just open us up now to actually hear heaven and see your perspective on our earth. We know that most trouble on the earth is, is allowed by you to get the church's attention. You have our attention. We, we want to hear. We want to be Kalos distributors on this earth. 
I pray for those of you sitting and standing who still haven't seen your workplace or your neighborhood as your called domain to bring the goodness of God. I pray the Lord will just give you strategies that those of you in your life groups or your, your house groups would understand that you as a team can be a benefactor household and ask the Lord how you uh, navigate that beautiful arena of becoming the heart, hand, and eyes to people who don't know him. I bless you. I bless this church. I'm proud of you. I was here at the beginning. I've been here in the middle. And God is about to do some phenomenal stuff. He's, he's asking us. He's preparing us by getting our hearts aligned. Lord, we align our hearts this morning. We bless our political leaders. We bless business leaders. We bless those that are carrying authority. And we thank you that we are servants to you and have nothing to fear of idiots or really good people. We get all kinds. And we thank you in Jesus' name for your love for us, that grace that you lavished on us. In Jesus' name, amen.